Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, where we talk about all of the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about the Enneagram. So the Enneagram is a personality test, and it is quite interesting because the more that we understand our own personality, the more that we can actually help ourselves. And it not only helps ourselves, but if we can understand the personality of our family, our friends, even our coworkers, then we can absolutely have insights into why they're doing things and understand and relate to them better. So I'm very interested in the Enneagram in helping with not only relationships, but with self. Now, you might recall on episode 10, I actually did some work with another personality test called the Four Tendencies, and this is a little bit different. So that was four groups, and those were put together based on how you were motivated to do things. Now, the Enneagram is a bit different. And if you Google the Enneagram, you'll come up with this crazy diagram. Ennea means nine and gram is basically the figure. So they're Greek words and it creates a nine-pointed geometric figure that illustrates the nine different but interconnected personality types. And so you'll see there are a bunch of lines as well if you look at the Enneagram diagram. And it shows that even though you might be one personality type, you may go to another in strength or another in stress. So How did I hear about the Enneagram? Well, you guys know that I love Rachel and Dave Hollis or have definitely been following them for quite some time. And even when I went to the RISE conference in Toronto in March, Rachel and Dave talked about Enneagram and they do on a number of their podcasts. So Rachel is a three, an achiever. Dave is a nine, a peacemaker. And so they often talk about it in relationship. And then Rachel will refer to, you know, being a three, an achiever as part of uh, being so driven. So that's the first place that I heard about it. And they were encouraging people, you know, go take. There's a number of free tests. So even while I was at Rise, I was like, yeah, I should look at my number. And so was doing a little free test on my phone. And what I found was, Some of my online tests would indicate a three, and then the latest one I had said a five. And so when I was away, I thought, okay, I'm a five. That is someone that is an observer, um, and I can see aspects of that. So then in the spring, Jen Hatmaker, who was also part of Rise, she does the For the Love podcast, and did a whole piece on For the Love of the Enneagram. It was really great podcast series, each one about an hour. The very first one is an introduction to the Enneagram. Then the second one um, and throughout the rest, she talks about each type. And I actually listened to every one, not just the type that I thought I was. And the reason to do that is that you might identify friends, family, and then you also might think 
you know what, I'm not quite as much the first type as I thought, you know, you'll see yourself in others. And I will say, so I, I thought, okay, I'm a five. And now there are also wings with Enneagrams, which means that on either side of say your five, you could have four tendencies and six tendencies. So it's also very important to understand the wing numbers and then understand the numbers that you go to in strength and stress. So really you do need to to kind of dig into a number of the aspects of the Enneagram. Now, I will say I started to get a little overwhelmed. And one of the things that I learned in listening to that series was that you can take the online test, but you're really a lot better to dig into books and try to more naturally diagnose which type you fit into. So I thought, okay, I am going to not just listen and take online quizzes, but I'm going to get a book. And so my book I've ordered was one that they recommended called The Road Back to You by Cron and Stabile. So Suzanne Stabile is the one who actually did the um, intro on the For the Love podcast. So I thought, okay, yeah, I know a little bit about what, um, where she's coming from. So once the book came, I started to read the overviews and read into the strengths and weaknesses of each type. And again, I just felt more confused. I'll be honest. I was like, I see parts of me that fit into different areas. So let's talk about the personality types. And then I'll go through a little bit more of where I started to see aspects of one and aspects of another. And then, you know, again, be not sure. And (laughs) I've said to my husband, I don't know. I don't know where I fit. And so, of course, um, he doesn't care. And he's, uh, I'm keeping encouraging him to take the test. And I actually, we read through them just quickly together. And I do think he may fit into one. So he may not need to take the test. And he probably doesn't want to dig in the way that I do. So let's talk about the types. So type one is the perfectionist. So they have kind of these broad names on a number of the areas like the web and different spots and not all of the names are the same so sometimes they will um, refer to you know type one in one way and and then change it so I took an online test that said one was the moral perfectionist right so they're just kind of more qualifications in certain areas about what each type is so the perfectionist ethical dedicated reliable these are all the definitions from the book that i got um desire to live the right way and improve the world avoiding fault and blame so type two is the helper and i did have that come up as kind of a secondary possibility the um one of the online tests said type two is a supportive advisor so again kind of in um that warm caring giving motivated by need to be loved and needed and avoid acknowledging others needs Type three, the performer, or Rachel says the achiever, so very success-oriented, image-conscious, productive, avoiding failure. Type four 
Now, this book says the romantic, I've also seen romantic individualist, so creative, sensitive, moody, motivated by, need to be understood, experience big feelings, and avoiding being ordinary, which I thought was interesting. They sort of have a need to um, be different, you know, not beige, one of the descriptions said. Type five, the investigator um, or investigative thinker is another way I've seen it. Um, or observer, I think I've seen as well. Analytical, detached and private, motivated by a need to gain knowledge and conserve energy and avoid relying on others. So some of the things that really spoke to me were the avoid relying on others and also that conservation of energy. So when I listened to the For the Love podcast, I really felt this pull towards the five partially because of their talking about an energy balance. I am somebody, and I think it goes along with being a little bit like introverted, that when I spend a lot, a lot of time with people, I just get exhausted. I love people, but I do find sometimes that interaction to really bring my energy down. And eventually, I just kind of need to go home and rest. And it's not that I don't like the interaction. It's just that um, kind of that being on and small talk. And so one of the things they said is small talk is like death to type fives. And I was like, yes, you know, I can do it. My husband says, you're really good at it. It's because I listen and I remember things about people. So I ask them a lot of questions, right? Kind of goes with that um, investigator piece of a type five. But then it also makes me very tired. So that's one thing that I can definitely see about the five for myself. Then the next one is type six, a loyalist, um, or this one online said the loyal guardian. So the one that I took online is the yourenneagramcoach.com. Um, so loyalist, committed, practical, witty, worst case scenario thinkers, so high anxiety, motivated by fear and need for security. So definitely I'm a security person. I'm always kind of looking at worst case, you know, what do I need to do to protect myself, that kind of thing. Type seven, the enthusiast, fun, spontaneous, adventurous, motivated by need to be happy, plan stimulating experiences and avoid pain. That's definitely not me. I'm not spontaneous. <laughs> Type eight, the challenger, commanding, intense, confrontational, uh, motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. Again, couldn't see myself there. I could see certain people in that area uh, just that I've met in the past. And, you know, you can kind of imagine, imagine people because that is eight's a very strong personality. And then a type nine, a peacemaker, pleasant, laid back, accommodating, motivated by the need to keep the peace, merge others and avoid conflict. So it's funny because I did have nine come out at some point. And I, I don't know if that's just like a mom thing. You know, one of the things they talked about in the um, podcast that Jen Hatmaker did was thinking about if somebody asks you, okay, let's go to a restaurant and they're like, where would you like to go? You know, my response would be, I don't care. What do you guys want? And that was one example they gave of somebody that's a peacemaker, just kind of avoiding conflict, um, not, not caring as much to have your own way. And honestly, I don't know if that goes with being a second born, a mom, all of those kind of things as well. So 
Um, nine has come up before, but um, doesn't seem to be the strongest. So then I found myself feeling really unsure. You know, I could see a five, I could see a six, I could see a nine. The other thing with a nine that I did think applied a little bit to me is I'm a very empathetic person. And part of what I do in my job is I can always look at an issue from many points of view. Um, so when I'm considering like a issue, I can imagine what certain stakeholders might think or imagine what the public might think very easily or, you know, the average person. And I always thought everybody can do that. It turns out everybody can't do that. And so that's one of the unique pieces of a nine is that they can generally access all of the perspectives from the other types. So kind of being able to to be in that empathetic way. And so that was one thing I did think. Um, the other thing that's really tricky about this is within the nine personality types, your personality can change. And so I think that's what the challenge is partly in figuring Figuring it out is one of the recommendations that came up was to look at it from your 20-year-old self. Because I do find that, especially in becoming a mom and, you know, I'm headed towards 40, like you do start to gain some wisdom over your life. And so the way I might have reacted at 20 or dug my heels in on a certain issue or whatever um, is not necessarily how I would be at 40. So it is something to think about is what is what is more like your natural tendency compared to your learned tendency. That's something that I kind of have seen throughout um, throughout the teachings on Enneagram. So once you start to get a leaning, like I said, five and six keep coming up for me. And I think that makes sense that... Um, because as I mentioned with the Enneagram, you can access your wings. And with the wing piece, that is the one, the numbers on each side of you. So I have also heard some things that in the first half of your life, you might access one wing and in the second half, another, um, or, you know, maybe there is more of a strong tendency. So to me, I could see that I might be a six wing five or possibly a five wing six. So the latest one I took said that I was a six, but then my percentage was actually higher as a five, but I answered certain questions at the very end more like a six. So whatever one it is, they're, they're obviously very close and I'm, I'm on the wing there as well which is kind of neat. So the other thing, I guess the reason I kind of wanted to nail which one I am is that then affects where you go in strength in weakness. So a five could go to um, another number in strength and another number in stress. And then same with the six um, they both access different numbers. So that's kind of where I would like to have a bit more of an understanding in terms of which one I would be accessing. And and I think that that um, might be even the big difference. So a six goes to a nine in strength and a three in weakness. And so that might be where when I am well-balanced, 
I might go to that nine peacemaker. And, and I do see that sometimes, in especially in the family, where I'll kind of go to that place when I'm feeling very well and and be able to just find that harmony within family dynamics, but then goes to a three in stress. And so for me, that would look like when I'm really stressed, I dig right into productivity. You know, I start to really drill down and I need to get this done and here's my lists and, you know, I'm behind on things and I got to go, 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 go. So I think that's where I may really fit a six wing five. Um, You know, I can access that five energy issue. Um, I can access the five in terms of, you know, being a good analyzer. But one of the things that didn't speak to me is I I can be detail oriented, but I do get really, I do get bored. I like to master new, um, one of the reasons I think I've moved around a lot in jobs is that I kind of master a, a file and once I feel like I know enough of it and I don't really feel like learning anymore, I move on. And so that's a big five thing that you you kind of like learn something and you have to learn everything about it. Well, honestly, even this podcast, right? Like each week I kind of learn something else and want to talk about it and then, you know, you move on. So um, that's definitely a five thing. So that's, again, where I can see that I could possibly be a six wing five and then accessing the nine and the three. Uh, where I didn't think I fit so much in the five spot is accessing an eight. I I don't identify that much with the super strong, um, more almost like aggressive personality side of the eight. But I mean, I guess you could almost have that more decisive piece when you're feeling healthy. Um and then, but a five also goes to a seven in stress. And and I couldn't quite see that. That's what I think where I'm struggling is the seven is the more fun, loving, spontaneous type. And I don't do that that often. So both six and five have the ability to go there. And um, I just didn't, I don't always see that. The odd time I get uh, fun, loving and spontaneous, but it's not a huge part of my personality. So as you can see, The Enneagram is super complex and what I did learn in listening to the For the Love podcast and I have learned through going through more tests um, and and then reading books is I think there's a lot here to learn for sure and a lot of insights. So I am definitely finding it interesting. Like I said, I think my husband can fit in a little bit in terms of a six as well. And then that surprised me because I thought, oh, so we might be the same. But I did say to him that could be sometimes why we agree on, you know, this is kind of how you do things in a normal way. And we maybe think others aren't viewing it quite normal, uh, in quotes, as as we think. And, and things that we maybe think are obvious are not um, always, because we're both looking at it in a similar fashion, potentially. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing as well, being able to figure out where friends and family fit in there. So like I said, as you dig, I could see feeling even more confused and then in in the end kind of needing to learn more. What I did learn too is there are actual Enneagram coaches that will... 
um, speak with you and try to understand your personality type a little bit more, which is kind of neat because then you can have that help in that's not just an online test where you're clicking things or a book where you're going, am I this? Am I that? Um, and, and again, my lack of decision, I guess, made it hard. <laughs> so that's something you could consider if you are looking for more information that there are so many resources. And there are a lot of books, um, a lot more than I initially thought. You know, I thought, oh, an Enneagram test, boom, 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 you're done. But it turns out there is a lot. Um, even podcasts that are strictly every week about the Enneagram. So I mentioned Jen Hatmakers for the Love Series. Uh, definitely recommend that one. But there are other ones. There's one called Enneagram and Coffee. Um, and if you even just search Enneagram uh, on your podcast searcher, you can probably find quite a lot. Um, there are resources. There's the Enneagram Coach Test, your Enneagram Coach that I just mentioned. There's also an institute. So there are a number of paid tests. Uh, so you can get the Enneagram Institute as well, which um, I think it was like $12 US to take that test. So again, if you're trying to really narrow it down, I think the cool thing about the test is it gives you somewhere to start. And then from there, you can kind of do like what I've done and maybe look at books and um, try to nail down where you're fitting. So that's that's a really interesting way to do it as well. Some of the other books that I've heard, there was one that I almost ordered first, and it was Enneagram for Relationships, because I really think that um, that's a key piece with this, is that if you can understand yourself, you can understand somebody else's motivations. And if you can see like, you know, this person is fearing this like that's why they're reacting in a certain way you know they're fearing some of the types are you know fearing that they're going to lose you and things like that and so you can sometimes understand a little bit more some of the strong reactions and I think that that's a really interesting aspect like I said podcasts as well there's um, some interesting names like Enneagram Journey but then there was one Say Anything which I thought was kind of funny um, so lots of different resources that you can get into as well and there are even workshops. So I'd be interested maybe in like an online Zoom kind of workshop, but I have seen that there are workshops that you can attend um, with, with Enneagram leaders. So I didn't know that this was, you know, such a thing. One of the things that was a little different for me is I'm not a religious person. And so some of the books, and even if you do listen to the For the Love podcast, there is definite focus on religion like Christianity and so for me I just don't really access that piece it's not something that um, in reading the books really speaks that well to me because I'm not a religious person so I I just have the ability to gloss over it I mean if you've listened to Rachel Hollis like you know both her and Dave talk a lot in religion and I just don't really um, identify very well with that, but I just don't really cross off their teaching or same with the Enneagram. I, I just kind of look at it like, yeah, that piece is not for me, but I still think that some of the pieces of the Enneagram make a lot of sense for me and same with, um, with other teachings. So 
The interesting thing about the book, The Road Back to You, is it does go through each type. So kind of like you'd expect, you get to have a good read of your type, its strengths, its weaknesses. Then you can look at your wings and then you can also look at the types that you go to in stress and in strength. So uh, really being able to see where you think you fit in. So um, I will say there was a few parts that definitely of a five, you know, the I can take care of myself. That's been something I've been strong about. Um, Feeling awkward around people. Those were ones identified with, like I said, the energy piece for sure. Um, And one of the things they talk about is like the deadly sin in here. So again, that sounds very religious. I kind of, if you've ever seen the movie Seven, you know, it talks about seven deadly sins. So felt familiar enough. It does talk about um, you at work, you in relationships. So again, lots in here that you can kind of work through. And then for the six, some of the things that identified with me were, you know, being able to plan for risk, um, not always trusting authority, that is a case. And sometimes sixes either really because they're loyal, really trust authority or really don't. So that's kind of a a polarizing thing, I think, for sixes. That's what I've heard. Um, and, And I think six, it's just like a high anxiety piece. And so that's where I did feel an alignment for sure there. I've not hidden at all that I uh, have an anxious mind. So definitely found that to be a fit. So hopefully I've interested you enough in the Enneagram that you might even just want to take a look at it. Um, It is interesting to me. And I do think there is value, just like I said in uh, the episode on the tendencies, in being able to understand friends, family, and Uh, They did say Enneagram for kids. Again, their personality is not fully formed, so a bit tricky. I mean, you may see something that you're like, oh, yeah, that kind of may be this personality, but you're not really supposed to type children. Um, And again, that kind of goes along with that, you know, 20-year-old self kind of situation. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. As always, the podcast is based on my experience, not intended to be medical or professional help. Uh, The podcast is brought to you by doTERRA. doTERRA recently has done a buy one, get one sale, and I was able to get a free bottle of cheer. And I got to say that cheer oil is super uplifting and just made me think of candy. It smells so good. I didn't expect it. I was thinking it was going to be like a real citrus blend. And when I opened it up, I was like, this smells like bubblegum. And my daughter thought it smelled more like gummies. And my son thought jujubes. So anyway, it smelled like candy to all of us. And uh, I can totally see how that uh, could definitely cheer you up smelling candy. Uh, If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing. If you are interested in essential oils, you can contact me either through Instagram at at Sarah Lady Gluten, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, or you can contact me at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to help you out with getting set up for wholesale prices on doTERRA essential oils. Also, if you are interested in reading more, please 
check out my blog at www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com. Again, you can subscribe, you can rate the podcast, which I would love to see. So thanks again for joining and see you next week and have a great week.